Welcome to The Appleseed, where we bring you and your family great stories from great storytellers. On today's episode, we'll bring you a bit of crooked magic. And she was so angry, she forgot to be gentle. And she cracked a wand, and the wall broke, and the wand broke. And loads of silliness. So he said to his mama, Pete lives with his mama in this scenario, which I think explains a few things. I'm your host, Sam Payne, and today we bring you a couple of fractured fairy tales, that time-honored practice of taking beloved old stories and telling them in absurd and funny new ways. And as absurd and funny as these new ways are, you'll find some wisdom in the new tellings, too. First up, we have Sleeping Ugly, a story told for you by Oakland storyteller Diane Ferlat. Sleeping Ugly was originally written and published by the author Jane Yolen. Here's Diane Ferlat in the Appleseed Studio. When I say, beauty's only skin deep, I want you guys to do this, say, yeah, 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 okay? Remember that old song? Remember that song? Oh, you guys don't know. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. When I say it again, you guys go, oh, yeah. Beauty's only skin deep. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Here we go. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beauty's only skin deep. Oh, yeah. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beauty's only skin deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There once lived a beautiful, can you guys do that sign language? A beautiful princess. And her name was Diane. No, just kidding. <laughs> her name was Miserella. And on the outside, Miserella was beautiful to look at. I mean, her, her eyes were beautiful. Her little button nose was beautiful. Her lips were beautiful. I mean, on the outside, she was beautiful from her head all the way down to her toes. But, put your hands like this, American Sign Language. But... Now, you have to say it with attitude, but, but on the inside, where no one could see, she was mean, rude. You know what she would do? She would go up to her poor little dog and kick him. <laughs> and she would step on her poor little cat. And she even threw a pie in the cook's face. <laughs> and she never once, never once said, Thank you, or please, or I'm sorry. And besides that, she told lies. Come on, she told lies. lies. I mean, big lies. I don't think she should have been a princess at all myself. <laughs> but in the same kingdom, there lived another young lady. Her name was Plain Jane. That's exactly what she was, plain. Her hair was short and turned under. Her nose was long and turned up. And even if it had been reversed, she still was no beauty. 
But inside, where no one could see, she was the sweetest, kindest person you ever wanted to meet. I mean, everyone loved her, even the butterflies. But one day, Princess Mizarella, she leaves her palace in a huff. You know what a huff is? A temper tantrum. <laughs> I just hate when you tell me what to do. Do this, do that. I'm leaving this palace and never coming back. She jumps on her horse and begins to ride. Her hair is all tangled in the wind, but she still looks more beautiful than ever, just riding. When she realizes she's lost, she gets off of her horse and slaps him for getting her lost. But the horse, he didn't do one thing, just rode home. <laughs> he knew the way, but he wasn't about to tell Mizzarella. And there she stood in the middle of the woods, alone, looking more beautiful than ever. And then she began to walk through the woods trying to find her way home. But as she's walking, she almost stumbled over an old woman who was lying under a tree. Now, anybody who reads books knows that an old woman lying under a tree is a fairy in disguise. And Mizarella, she knew that. She didn't care. She kicked her on the bottom of her foot. And she said, get up and take me home. The poor fairy got to her feet. She took Miserella by the hand. She knew exactly what kind of princess she was. She began to lead her through the woods. She didn't even know the way. They walked around and around in circles. And finally they saw a little house. It was plain Jane's little house. Ew. It was a dreary little house. The floor sank, the walls stank, the roof leaked, even when the sun was shining. <laughs> but plain Jane, she made the best of it. She planted flowers all around. But Princess Mizarella just walks right in without even knocking. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, hey, look here, girly. You get us home, and maybe I could work out some kind of reward. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you could be my private mate or something. Ew, said the fairy. That doesn't sound like any kind of reward to me. <laughs> Look, honey, you get us both home. Maybe I could squeeze out a wish or two. Oh, said Mizzarella. She stamped her foot, and the fairy raised her magic wand. She said, stamp your foot again, young lady, and I'll turn it into stone. You think Mizzarella cared? Oh, bling! Oh, my foot! My foot, my foot. And plain Jane said, Oh my goodness, please, please turn your stone foot back into a foot foot. Please. Oh, I like your manners, but not your taste. Bling. Oh, my foot. It must have fallen asleep. What a stupid way to waste a wish. Oh, said the fairy. You never call anyone stupid unless you are related to them. <laughs> she said, stupid, say that word one more time, young lady, and I'll make toads jump out of your mouth. 
Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. And plain Jane said, Oh my goodness, please make the toads stop jumping out of her mouth, please. Oh, all right. I like your manners, but not your taste. Bling! And nothing came out of Miss Avella's mouth. But her tongue, mmm, pointed right at the fairy. Then she ran over and she grabbed plain Jane. Come on, honey, we're getting out of here. Come on. The fairy said, please, you have to be gentle with magic. Or none of us are going anywhere. Miss Avella said, I don't give a hoot where you're going, you old bag. Oh! And the fairy raised her magic wand. She said, I know exactly where you're going, young lady. You are going to sleep. And she was so angry. She forgot to be gentle. And she cracked her wand. And the wall broke. And the wand broke. And the spell broke. And then there they were, all three of them, fast asleep on the floor. Now, anybody who reads books knows it takes a prince and a kiss to break this kind of spell, right? Right? But nobody ever went that far back in the woods, especially a prince. But as luck would have it, here comes Prince Jojo. <laughs> Just walking down the road. <laughs> and it began to drizzle rain. He's still walking. <laughs> it began to pour down rain. He's still walking. <laughs> when finally he gets it. Hey, it's raining. I better find some place to shelter myself. <laughs> And he walks over, <laughs> and he sees a little house. It was playing Jane's little house. So he walked over, <laughs> and he walked inside. <laughs> and he sees three women lying on the floor, all covered in cobwebs. One of them was a beautiful princess. Now, Prince Jojo, he read books, too. He knew what he had to do. He had never kissed anybody before. You know, only his mother. That doesn't count. And his father had a beard. So he thought he better practice. He kissed the fairy first, right on her nose. She smells like wildflowers. And then he kissed... Plain Jane on her lips. Mm. Oh, she smells like, oh, just beautiful wildflowers. Oh, and then he went to kiss Mizzarella. When just then the fairy woke up. Oh, oh, oh. and Plain Jane woke up. <laughs> and Plain Jane, she looked over at Prince Jojo and she said, I wish he would love me. And the fairy picked up her broken down wand, put the pieces together. She said, good wish, honey. Bling! <laughs> and there was Prince Jojo looking down at Mizzarella, who was having a bad dream and enjoying it. <laughs> he knew exactly what kind of princess she was because he had three cousins at home just like her. 
You know what I mean? Pretty on the outside, but ugly on the inside. And Prince Jojo looked over at Plain Jane. He said, I love you. And Plain Jane said, And so it was. Prince Jojo, Plain Jane were married. Come on, they were married. They fixed the floor, fixed the roof. I mean, they built a cute little cottage in the back for the ferry. Wasn't that nice? And as for Mizzarella, they used her for a conversation piece. (laughs) They put her by the front door. And when people came to visit, she held all the hats, all the coats, all the umbrellas. (laughs) And they never ever let anybody kiss her awake. (laughs) Not even their children. And they had three. (laughs) So the moral of that story is, let sleeping princesses lie or lying princesses sleep. (laughs) Whichever seems wisest. (laughs) Beauty is something. Beauty is something. Beauty is something that can never be concealed. Beauty is something. Beauty is something. Beauty is something that can never be concealed. It's in your heart, it's in your smile. Beauty is something that can never be concealed. It makes our life on earth worthwhile. Beauty is something that can never be concealed. That's the story of Sleeping Ugly by Jane Yolen. Yeah. That was Diane Ferlat with Sleeping Ugly, recorded live in the Appleseed studio. You never know what's going to bring on a memory, and you never know what memory it's going to bring on. Hearing Diane Ferlat tell the story of Sleeping Ugly, I am suddenly caught in a childhood memory. It's a princess memory of sorts. My mom has a little sister, my Aunt Anne, Auntie Annie, we always called her, who is not really a full generation older than me, more like half a generation, just eight or nine years older than I am. And she would come from where she lived in California and spend summers with us in Utah from time to time. And when she came, she would often be my babysitter. And I remember a visit in which she regaled us during lazy summer afternoons with tales of playing the role of a princess, Winifred the Wobegon, in a production of the musical play Once Upon a Mattress, itself a kind of fractured retelling of the story of the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Princess and the Pea. Anyway, my aunt had played the role of the princess in that play, and she was all too keen to tell us about it, to sing the songs and share the stories of how funny the kid who played the prince was and how nervous she was on opening night and all the stories that come to the surface when you get someone talking about a musical theater experience. And we, my little brothers and I, were all keen to listen 
Now, the show she had starred in, it should probably be said, it wasn't performed by a big national touring company or a famous theater on the coast. It was just the annual stage production of her high school. It wasn't Broadway talent scouts in the audience or members of the national press. It was just my grandparents and the folks of the other kids in the show. But when we were little kids, listening to my aunt was like listening to a star. We'd never known a star before, and here was our Auntie Annie, who must have had the most beautiful voice in the world. What did we know? And who must be the most talented actress in the land for people to come from miles around and pay to see her stand on stage and wear what must have been an actual crown made of gold and jewels and say real princess things and sing real princess songs. She was for us a celebrity, a national treasure. Uh, who'd have thought someone like me could have ever known someone like that kind of person? There was a time later in my life, after I was a kid, when some of the shine of Auntie Annie's celebrity wore off, when I looked at some of those experiences as just high school experiences, just small-town community experiences, a cardboard crown, not a real crown, the world, after all, got bigger for me as I grew, and I got a glimpse of larger stages, greater heights. It was a time when I began to look on the exploits of a singing princess on the high school stage as something of a lesser achievement, maybe. And you know what? Shame on me for that. I know even better now. To stand on stage in front of your parents and friends and teachers doesn't require the lights of Broadway to make it brave. And it doesn't require a crown of gold and jewels to make you a real princess for opening up your mouth to sing on that stage. And it doesn't need coverage by the national press to make it worth thrilling your nephews about. That princess memory is where Diane's story took me. Where did it take you? And who will you take along? There's a lot more coming up, but I wanted to introduce you to another show from among the BYU radio family of podcasts. The show is called In Good Faith, and it's a podcast in which host Stephen Cap Perry talks with a different person in every episode about their walk of faith, their faith tradition, their relationship with the divine. And whether you want to strengthen your own faith or just listen to thoughtful conversations about religion and about a walk of faith with a terrific listener, that's Stephen Cap Perry and In Good Faith. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube, all kinds of ways to listen to In Good Faith whenever you like, whenever you need it. It's another great podcast from BYU Radio. It's a pleasure to be with you today on The Appleseed, and for our second fractured fairy tale, we'll turn to West Virginia storyteller Bill Lepp with The Princess and the Pickup Truck, recorded live in The Appleseed Studio. Once, there was a prince. He was a mountain prince. He lived on a farm on a grange, which is an old word for farm. And the only reason I use it is because it rhymes with range. So he lived 
on a grange on a mountain range. And this particular mountain prince wanted to get married. He wanted to marry a princess, but he didn't want to marry any old princess. He wanted to marry a mountain princess. And the problem was there weren't any mountain princesses in the general vicinity. So he said to his mama, he said, Mama, I'm going to go out in all the world. He lives with his mama in this scenario, which I think explains a few things. But he said to his mama, he said, Mama, I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to go to all the mountain ranges in all the world, see if I can't find me a real mountain princess. So he set out, and he hiked the Himalayas, and he cruised the Caucasus. He ascended the Alps and the Appalachians. He roamed through the Rockies. He went to the Sierras <laughs> to see if there are any ladies with tiaras. And then he went to Glass Mountain to see if anybody had one shoe. Uh, <laughs> But he couldn't find any real mountain princesses. Now, he met a couple ladies who said they were princesses, but he wasn't sure if they were really princesses, because let's face it, princess costumes just aren't that expensive. Uh, <laughs> so he went home, and he said to his mama, he said, Mama, I couldn't find me no real mountain princess. He said, I met a couple ladies who said they were princesses, but I think they might have been frauds. He said, now I kissed some of those frauds <laughs> to see if they would turn into princesses. <laughs> And his mama said, don't kiss frauds, you'll get warts. And so that night there was a terrible storm. There was thunder and lightning and a hurricane and an earthquake and a tsunami and all manner of whatnot. And in the midst of that, there was a knock at the front door. And because this is a story, when the prince opened the door, there standing on the stoop was three beautiful prim prime princesses. And he was so excited until they said, trick or treat. And then he was like, oh, shucks. But... The next morning, he was doing some work in the field, and it was a beautiful day, and he saw a woman coming down the road, and she was wearing hiking boots and a calico dress, and her hair was a mess, and she said, Howdy, I'm a real mountain princess. Well, he didn't know if she was a real princess or not, because he didn't know if real princesses wore hiking boots and calico dresses with their hair in a mess, but she did have a sash <laughs> that said mountain princess, so he thought, maybe. And... Uh, he took her home to his mama. He said, Mama, this here lady says she's a real mountain princess. Well, the mama wasn't sure either. So she took the son to the side and she said, Listen, I don't know if she's a real princess. We're going to have to test her. This is what I want you to do. She said, I want you to take 20 mattresses and I want you to pile them up on the back of your pickup truck. <laughs> And when it comes time for bed, we'll have her sleep on top of them mattresses. And if she don't notice that she's sleeping on a pickup truck, we'll know that she's a real mountain princess. And the son said, okay, mom, we're brainstorming, so no bad ideas. But a couple of things. One, we ain't got 20 mattresses. He said, we got three mattresses, an air mattress, and one of them blow-up raft things. And the mama said, use what you got. And then he said, how is she not going to notice the pickup truck? He said, I bought that pickup truck specifically so princesses would notice me. And the mama said, how's that working for you? But she thought about it, and then she said, dust ruffle. And so that night when it came time for bed, the prince said, oh, it's time for bed. Mama, let me show you. Or, uh, he said, oh, it's time for bed. Princess, can, you can edit that. Uh, <laughs> he said, let me show you where you will be sleeping. He said that to the princess, not to the mom. I'm trying to be clear here. So we're just going to start that. But, uh, let me show you where you'll be sleeping. And so he took the princess out the front door across the driveway. He said, it's up this ladder, top of that pile of mattresses, nothing weird about that. And so 
The princess climbed up, and when she was good and asleep, the mama gave the keys to the truck to the son, and that is not a sentence you want to try and diagram. And she said, I want you to take this truck, start the truck, and you drive. And you drive uphill, and you drive downhill. And you go on windy roads, and you go on bumpy roads. And if she don't notice that she's sleeping on a pickup truck, we'll know that she's a real mountain princess. And the son said, okay, mama, just one problem with that. He said, if I go on a bumpy road, she's going to, ah, like that, and I don't want to marry a roadkill princess. <laughs> now, I feel like I should pause here for just a moment to tell you that in the great state of West Virginia, from where I hail, uh, our state legislature, uh, maybe a decade ago, decided that it would be a perfectly reasonable thing to make eating roadkill legal. And <laughs> as a result of that, the culinary event of the year in West Virginia is in Marlinton. It is the roadkill cook-off. <laughs> And as part of those festivities, there's a beauty contest, and some lucky young woman gets named Miss Roadkill. <laughs> but that's only my second favorite beauty contest in West Virginia. In Bridgeport, West Virginia, they have the Benedum Oil and Gas Festival, and some even luckier young lady gets named Miss Oil and Gas. So... <laughs> the son said, if I hit a bump, she's gonna... And the mama said, clamp it. <laughs> It's the best Beverly Hillbilly joke you're going to get. <laughs> and she took a big ribbon and she tied the princess to the back of the pickup truck. And the son got in the truck and he drove uphill and he drove downhill and he went on windy roads and he went on bumpy roads. Uh, and this is a children's story, so there are obligatory puns and here they come. He put it in four-wheel drive so that he could ford a stream. <laughs> and then he had to dodge a ram. And then he drove across the tundra. And then... <laughs> He got drowsy, and drowsy driving is dangerous driving, so he headed home, and he parked the truck, and the princess was still snoring in a very unprincess-like manner. And the prince went in, and he went to sleep. And in the morning, he and his mom were eating breakfast, and the princess came in, and she said, Morning, how'd y'all sleep? And they, she, they said, We slept great, which was a lie, because they didn't have any mattresses. <laughs> But they said, how did you sleep? And she said, best night of sleep I ever had in my whole life. Dreamt I was riding on a bucking bronco all night long. And then they knew that she was a real mountain princess. And the prince and the princess got married. And they lived happily ever after. Sometimes in two-wheel drive. Sometimes in four-wheel drive. But they always managed to thrive. princess and the pickup truck. We hope you enjoyed listening to these new twists on the old tales of Sleeping Beauty and Princess and the Pea. Thanks to Diane Ferlat and Bill Lepp for their stories. We hope these stories brought up some of your own and that you will share them with the people that you love. After all, sharing and listening to great stories can change your family's world. The Appleseed is produced by Wendy Folsom, Sam Payne, and Brian Tanner. Our audio engineers are Ashton Parkinson and Carly Wilson. The rest of the Appleseed team is Kelly Wehrmeister, Trent Horton, Evadane Hendricks, Miriam Ise, and Tristan Schetzel. A special thanks to the subscribers of our podcast who rate us or leave reviews. You help people find the show. We also love to receive emails at the Appleseed at BYU.edu. Your thoughts and comments help us to shape the future of the Appleseed. We're pleased and proud to be among the many podcasts produced by the BYU Radio family. And you can find episodes of the Appleseed wherever podcasts are found on the BYU Radio app or at byuradio.org slash Appleseed. 
I'm Sam Payne, and the whole team can't wait to be with you again on The Accuracy. Thank you.